This, along with every episode of According to Flint, brought to you by Pendleton Whiskey. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, a whiskey that captures that unique spirit in every bottle. A whiskey made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood glacier water. A whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That is Pendleton Whiskey, and that's true Western tradition. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Since 1973, the art of engraving brings to life the artistry that Montana Silversmiths is known for and is fueled by a passion for the Western lifestyle. Montana Silversmiths' buckles and jewelry are more than accessories. They are stories. Stories of moments and memories shared through the giving, receiving, and earning of Montana Silversmiths' buckles and jewelry. Celebrate what matters with Montana Silversmiths. Well, welcome to episode number 75 of According to Flint, and the 75th anniversary is the Aussie episode, (laughs) apparently. First Aussie, we've had Canadians, we've had Brazilians, uh, Texans, that's like a whole different country. Um, so <laughs> Brendan, our friend, Brent, many times PBR, P, how about this former PBR great now PBR teams commentator in the booth, our friend, Brendan Clark. Good. To, you know, we, we never really lost touch, but kind of like, yeah. it's kind of cool when you, you show back up and we just pick back up where we left off, you know? I know that's interesting because that's kind of how uh, Luke Snyder and I were having that conversation the other day. Exactly the same thing. We, you know, with things that go on and you you change direction in your life and you kind of don't keep up with people. And then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, we just, we just been talking a week ago. And it was like, yeah, yeah, so it's good. That's funny. You go, you know, you go through kids and wives and and careers and then it all, yeah. it all circles back and we, we come back together. I, uh, I stopped you and I, just so everybody knows, before we started recording, I stopped a conversation because it was too good to have off camera. And uh, uh, Logan, who helps me, said, do you have a good Australian accent? It's like the Canadian accent, any of them. If I'm around, I start saying, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But the best accent I ever had, because I had just hung around a whole bunch of you guys, was when I did the Australian bull snake, and it's on YouTube, and you weren't (laughs) saying you remember that, right? Yeah, I was at the PBR finals, and it was was during a commercial break, Mm -hmm. and it had just worked out where that that rope fell off the bull right in front of the the, uh, shark cage. Mm-hmm. And you were doing that thing. And I was, I was the first rider after the break. And I'm sitting up there <laughs> trying to, trying to get in the right frame of mind, if you would. And then you're doing this bull Australian bull snake thing. And I was in tears laughing and I'm trying to think about getting on this bull or whatever. And yeah, that was actually, uh, that's, that, uh, that's one of your best. That was one well, of your best, not only one of your best accents. That's one of your best, uh, performances. <laughs> I think it's, uh, <laughs> I remember uh, being in Australia, being around Australians. I think the, the people who aren't very good and I'm out of practice, but they put too much effort into the accent. 
How what? good on you? How you? Yeah. It's more. It's more of a relaxed. Every I, I learned that you, you kind of relax and you just let every. Yeah. You just kind of let everything kind of flow, and then yeah. you, if you're not in the arena, you're in the arena. In the arena. <laughs> but yeah. I did okay. I felt like that. Have a bloody look at him. Danger. Yeah. Ever. He's well. A the whole. The whole dialogue or the way the the prayer was perfect. It was <laughs> the, the accent mightn't have been like exactly right on, but the whole presentation of how it was supposed to be said was perfect. Because we have this uh, weird thing where, like um, Australians, it's, I joke to everyone, I'm like Australians have three meanings to every word, and it just okay. depends on how you say it, is how it comes out and and how it's used. Do you have yeah, an example? Weird, like, give me an example, uh, or are they too dirty? Well, the easiest examples are the dirty ones. Well, I know. Easiest. I know. But, but like, um, well, let's just say, for instance, you like, um, you could be saying, you could say, uh, oh, like, let's just say there's someone, you know, oh, look at that bloody idiot over there. And you could just be like, it doesn't really mean bad, like, you, whatever. But then you're like, look at that bloody idiot over there. Like, it's just how you direct it. You're like, or you could say to him, oh, you're a bloody idiot. And it means, <laughs> right yeah it's kind of yeah we're we're that way with the f word or shit yeah. or you know yeah, hey, yeah. you guys That's you it. guys have one dirtier than that that yeah, means was, a lot of things it means a lot yeah, of things well, it does <laughs> and it can be said several different ways several well. different ways too yeah, yeah of course well uh, i will say we'll move on but i could say like i put together i did a podcast and i put together like four Went on YouTube, we we stole the, took the videos off YouTube and I showed like four different situations of shows where I use certain material, you know, the, the entire commercial, something you're playing off of. I would have to say that the bull snake one at world finals, it just, the whole thing fell together right yeah. before and completely open in my ear. They're going, Flint, you have like four and a half minute commercial here and we got nothing. It's all you. And that rope landed there. I mean, yeah. the way, the reason it has never really been recreated is that it was what we call shithouse luck. Like, right. felt yeah, I would have to say in all my years, PBR wise material, that maybe was the greatest segment I ever did. I, yeah, I, was, I agree. I mean, I was lucky enough to be there for 10 years of it. And I, I would have to agree. I mean, I've seen a lot of them and I've seen a lot of different <laughs> and new ones and what, like, uh, it was yeah i agree and again it was i think you may have tried it again somewhere before I, uh, after that but it was again it was not that it wasn't as good but it was like that was perfect seemed like it was perfect timing well i had done it at rodeos for a couple of years before that i had the tan steve right. Irwin suit and but there was just something about that moment that yeah. i don't know it was cool but anyway yeah uh conversation we had i've covered is People asking now that you're in the TV on the TV side of thing, as am I people saying, Oh, do you like doing TV better than in the arena? Yeah. TV is an offshoot of what we truly loved and were good at. So to ask one of us, if we like it better, I am a believer in dumb questions. And I think that's a dumb question because we got to have the love for what we were doing in the first place to gain that knowledge, to then spew it back out to people. Agree. Right. A hundred percent. And and it, it's, um, firstly it, it, yeah, I mean, I, 
I, I would say, I would have to say for sure, I, I definitely don't love the TV more than I loved riding bulls. That is 100% of the, the thing. But um, you're right. It's and, and and I'm not, I'll never say I'm, I'm, I'm great at it or the best at it or whatever, but that's what it, it, it have been able to explain the knowledge that you know about the sport or what's happening at that particular moment or to relay a message from someone as in your job, really, as you're relaying a message that you've heard or talked about to the viewers in, I guess you could say layman's terms or an easier way, or just, you know, it's, sure. there's an art, art to it. It's actually, it's actually really hard. Like TV, people who are good at TV, I had this conversation on the weekend coming home actually from the event with my wife and my um, wife's stepdad about how it's just, there's so much going on at one, at one time and, and people that are, you know, we've watched Craig Hummer for many, many years. Someone like Craig Hummer or we're now looking at Kate Harrison, who I think is unbelievable at what they do. They just, their knowledge of the game and the knowledge of stats and being able to deliver that a certain way is amazing in itself. But then, but then knowing it is one thing, but being able to do it is another, but yeah, it's, I mean, for sure, I I feel like bull riding was definitely, you know, I I think I'll always have to say bull riding would be my first love, you know, like yeah. a, over anything. I mean, I, I I feel like I tell people all the time, Flint, and we'll probably get into this a little bit later, but I, I mean, if, for some people that have continued to follow me, I, I've, I've changed directions in, mm-hmm. in uh, occupations or I guess livelihoods or whatever and, and to train horses now and I always tell people that I, I think I rode bulls. The reason I was good at riding bulls was so I could open up doors to be better in my next, in what I do now. And, but, but I think you'd, I mean, it, the bull riding just, I mean, you know how it is bull riding or rodeo in your case, or it'll never, it'll never get out of your, it'll yeah. always be the love that we, yeah. you know, for us. Yeah. And I do want to talk about all that. I, it's funny as you were talking, I, I, I make little fancy notes here. One of the, my, my little note I wrote right at the end in the corner is lots going on. It, yeah. I, that's if you're not, haven't been in TV, like you watch those guys, you know, great broadcasters in America, Al Michaels and Bob Costas and Joe Buck, all those guys, they, you, I, I've had people say, I'd love to do TV. You just sit there and talk about it. Hmm. No, no, you got to listen to somebody. There's no. so much going on. I've had friends say, I'll do it. Sure. No. Go ahead. Here's Go the other ahead. thing. Here's the other thing. You and I, all of us in here, we can sit and talk about bull riding or PBR teams, whatever the case. Now put together a paragraph without going, um, or stumbling over a word or screwing up a name. We do it in conversation yep. all the time. That's what gets you, you're inevitably going to have some ums and stumble over words, yep. but man, there's a pressure there, isn't there? Like, oh, there is. Spit this out, man. Yeah. You've got to, and in it, you got to, it's got to come to you like right now. And then you've got to be able to relay it all while someone's in your ear talking to you while you're saying it. <laughs> That's the part people don't understand. I, I was trying to explain that to my wife. I'm like, yeah, you'll be, um, it always fascinates me, you know, like when I, we'll talk about, I guess Kate, most people are probably most familiar with Kate and Craig Hummer, but like just on the weekend, I, the last three weeks, it's impressed me so much that 
you know, like when we're going in and out of commercial breaks, especially into a commercial break, when the producer, Jason Duquette's in her ear, in all of our ears, counting down from 15 or 10, mid-sentence, and they're just rolling it off their tongue. And then at one second, they just, boom, cut it off. It's like, wow, that's, yeah. to me, that's an, that's an art and it's hard. And, and if it's not all, yeah, I've told, yeah, TV is not all it's cracked up to be. It's, it's definitely fun to do and it's not everyone can do it. And some people are better than others, but like we have to, you know, the meetings we have, we have to plan what we're going to try and do. And then maybe what we plan doesn't even work out and you have to flip it and just have something else. And that's, it's very hard. Yeah. I think. You know, you know, uh, not to keep going on about, but to me, it's an interesting topic because there are not many people to talk about it too, but yeah. um, I've spent the last 30 years in the arena. I am this far away from what's going on with the announcers and the bullfighters. And I know none of it now because mm -hmm. I have these in and someone, and that, that is my argument about, two directions either pumping tv commentators into the live arena which we tried last year and didn't work or yeah. what cowboy channel does where they take the in arena announcer and put it on tv they are not the same thing we're no. selling two we're selling two different shows basically yeah. so yeah. i it's amazing how far apart they can be sometimes yeah and it's funny because you've actually had that experience you know probably more so than everybody else has where now you've in the tv world and you've been in the other side too and it's get very interesting because we like you say well i'm i have the headphones on and you have your like we don't know anything about what what's being said in the arena like at all because yeah. we're just having a conversation between the five of us and and your job is i think hard and, and i know luke branquino we talked about this is where you're you're having to listen to what we're saying all the time the whole show be ready to so you're ready to be like jump in whenever you need or you have something and and that's hard because it's hard to explain to people when when you've got to be on for two two hours and 30 minutes or maybe a little longer like you have to be on for that long it's very mentally draining <laughs> it is i'm almost <laughs> as tired yeah. after one of these shows as i was physically the other shows see but you're in a booth you turd so oh, you're in a booth. I'm behind the shoots and every person that walks by talks to me. Hey, well, I can't hear them for one. And then I'll no, go, no. I'll go. What's no. that? Oh man. And then you guys are saying something. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Cause I can't miss what you guys are saying. Yeah. Right. It's a cycle of I'm so unsociable behind the shoots. Like, all right. Yeah. You almost got to probably got to hide a little bit because you can't, don't want them to talk to you, but then you want to see what's going on. And, yeah. No, the other day, actually, when we tried that new opening where we all had our little spots and, and it, for yeah. some reason, Jason thought it was a great idea that I would do my spot behind the bucking shoots. But then in the time it took you and Luke to do both of yours, which was about 45 seconds to a minute, <laughs> I had to run all the way to the other end of the arena, jump the fence and climb up the stairs to get there. And when I got there, I was like, <laughs> and Matt I West's talk, wife, I like, I She's talk like, slow, man. I tried yeah, to give you I know. a time. You did me a favor. I know. I was just uh, like booking it in through the middle of the arena and I had to jump the fence. I was like, yeah, that was a great idea, Jaquette. Great idea. <laughs> in the arena. The arena. Yeah, in the arena. 
<laughs> um, you know, uh, you, you're not foreign to TV. I mean, you did TV years ago. You did some this past year. So it's not like you're uh, jumping in from scratch, but you have mentioned that, you know, different, different people have different opinions about the PBR teams stuff, but you have said, even on TV, you turned that on and it sucked you back into bull riding again. Like, Hey, this is different. I'm going to watch this. Um, it did yep. kind of pull you back. That's what brought you back into the fray a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, it actually did. Um, so how it went was my my son here at our house, we don't have regular TV. So we don't we just have, you know, Netflix and all the internet and the free TV because we don't spend a lot of time at home. So um or in the house. So my son was flipping through the channels and found Pluto and was watching Pluto, the PB, he, he turned it on and I was a PBR on a Pluto on Pluto. So he started watching it and it was kind of cool. They showed some older stuff on there. So back when I was riding, they showed and, and he got, and then one day he seen me on there and that was cool for him. So then he, every time, you know, he'd turn that on and watch. And then there was a team event on and I was kind of, I would be, I was on it. Honestly, I was real skeptical about, I'm like, yeah, this is stupid. There's not going to work. Oh, they're paying these guys too much money and blah, blah, blah. And, and then, <laughs> get, off, get off my the lawn. Same, get yeah, off the my same lawn. as everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, uh, but then I started watching it and I was like, man, this kind of, maybe this looks cool. So we were in um, our Snafflebit futurity for, uh, was in, is in Fort Worth, right when the event in Fort Worth was on last year. And the team of it, and of course, I was following it on social media, and um, with because of Luke Snyder and Ross Coleman, I, I and Colby Yates, I kind of because we all traveled and hung out yeah. and were roomed together. I followed them mostly, and it kind of looked interesting. And and then I went to the event, and I'm going to say it had to have been probably by the fourth ride in the first game. I was hooked. I'm like, I was like, this is this is cool. Like this is actually, to me, it, it, it's way more fun because it's got, it's really nothing about, it has nothing to do with bull riding as in like, it, it doesn't matter the ride's good or bad. I mean, high point, low point, doesn't matter. You just have to stay on. It's, it's the simplest form of bull riding. I think you can even ha ever have because you just have to beat the guy you're competing against. And I think I thought it was an easy concept because I, I took my wife there and I had another friend that trains horses. He's from Italy, but he's been, he's watched the PBR from way back when I was riding and took him to what, and, and all of them were the same. They're like, man, that was cool. Well, now, you know, like fast forward, I followed it all the way through the finals last year. And then, yeah, I mean, Shauna Smith called me about doing it same with you guys and stuff. And um, it's, but it's interesting because, I've, I, 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 I was so far away from wanting to watch. I bet I didn't watch bull riding on TV for six years. Mm -hmm. Like that's a long time for somebody who did it for a long time. I to could not watch it. I could do that. I, I yeah. could, I mean, not, Hey, I can do that. I could see myself doing that. You kind of yep. step away. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, yeah, yeah, I get it. I completely get well, it. And, and that was because I had, you know, something else going on. And then, you know, most Saturday nights you're, at, if I'm home, I'm, I'm probably either still working or, we'd, you know, I just didn't watch PBR. Anyway, I I was, 
I've had more fun and been more excited about the bull riding in the last three day, three weeks than I thought. I, I actually didn't even expect it to be that way. I, I truly didn't. I, I, I gave it a chance. I was like, yeah, I, I just didn't want to do a bad job, but I, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll go back and do it and see how it goes. And um, I was actually lucky that the PBR gave me that opportunity too, to be like, you know, let's see how it goes. And, you know, you can do one event or all of them or half of them, whatever works in with your schedule. And I tell you what, like I was pleasantly surprised and I've been truly like the excitement that hopefully I portrays that way, but the excitement that I portray on the cam, like on, on the microphone or on TV is truly excitement from what I feel. And, and I mean, and there's disappointment there and whatever, but the excitement we feel and, and, and Matt, it's kind of cool because Matt West is the same way. He's, he's uh you know he's just like a little kid in a candy store you know he loves bull riding and he and he's excited about it. but truly it is excitement and i and i am enjoying it and i and when i say things it, it comes across as jokingly or whatever but it, it'd be like if you're if you haven't been to one and you, just go because it's i yeah. i know there's diehard bull riding fans out there which i would say you and i are one of them yeah exactly um but this whole it's just seeing them guys the best guys we've ever seen compete are all coaches of them teams and them you know like just trying to work out all the scenarios and what guys but it just for me it, it's, yeah. it's, it's very exciting well justin mckee our friend justin mckee told me one time you can't sell manufactured enthusiasm yeah i thought that was a great That's term for it manufactured enthusiasm it, it just doesn't work you know right. so it's a sincere uh, there was something else you said, oh, sir, it'll come to me in a minute, but, but you're right. You got to have a true thing. It, isn't it funny that you almost said the word format, by the way, and you caught yourself. You didn't yeah, say did. format you, or concept. Yeah. You're welcome. And you, do you know how many times I, I almost said it during the uh, broadcast <laughs> last week and I cut myself off and I keep on trying to think of like, man, I've got to say a better word than format or concept. <laughs> that was my rule. You couldn't yeah. say format or concept anymore. Um, yeah, it's um it, for some people to get absolutely like mad about. I've had people message me. I will not watch PBR till this team thing's on. I said, well, just wait till November then, because then the regular yeah. season starts. It's still bull ride. It's it, yeah. I I have bigger things in my life that incite strong emotions than just if bull riding <laughs> pisses you off that bad you need yeah. to get start a hobby like, yeah exactly because uh, if, yeah if you're, if you're mad about the fact that that you know the pbr and I, honestly i was that person i was there was i'm not going to deny it i i was like oh this is stupid but it's it's actually the complete of i'm like it's that i don't think it gets any more fun than kansas city the other night and yeah. last weekend and I can tell you, and I've said it a lot of times. Like my son, I'm going to use him as an example. He's, he's he love he just loves it. He thinks it's the greatest. He loves Jose Vitor Lemmy. He, he, but I was watching him while I was doing the broadcast. I could see him when I turned around, and I would watch like during breaks or something like that. And he was standing up and cheering and whatever. And so to me, that's a that's a kid that's never been pushed to be to watch bull run. He has probably been pushed the opposite way, to be honest with you. Yeah. And but it's just such a sincere like, and and then you watch around the crowds. Like we get to 
look around and see how people are reacting to different things. And just to see the what how they're getting into it, I think it speaks for itself, you know, yeah. I, and that's, and you can, they're not faking it. It's, it's like a true excitement for what's happening right there. I, got, I just thought of when you were talking about people should just go the greatest line not used on TV that I begged you to use. It was your ad. There's a eBay yep. on the road and sure. it gives a schedule. Yes. And if you're from another city, go to another city. If you're from it, we're in California. Let me set the scene. We're in California. And you said like Oklahoma city, if you're from Austin, there's a good chance you've never been to Oklahoma city. Cause you're from California anyway. And you no nuts. You had no nuts. You needed to say that. Line. I, know, That's I, did, I, I, I manufactured the, the way I said it and I kind of said it, but I didn't say that. I should have said that. I will next time. You know, I would. I, would yeah, I know you would. Because who can yeah, be a fan? You get away with it. You know, it's funny, though. People think because you bring something up that it's offensive. Um, right. You didn't. You said there's a chance you're from California. You didn't make fun of anybody. Hey, you know, it, it's not it's not a non-known thing. Like half the people I have friends that moved from California to Austin. Yeah. Like it's. It's a place where they go. They're yeah, all going to Texas. It's <laughs> fact. It's <laughs> fact. Um, we, we taught, we've known each other a long time and whatever. How, how many people? 1991. That, that's it. It, after you being over here, you're in the PBR. We get to know each other. You revealed to me that we actually met in 1991, right? That's a great in story. Yeah, in 1991, I was, uh, I just, I was 10 actually at the time. Um, and January 10, uh, 1991, you were the entertainer at our national finals rodeo in Wingham, New South Wales, Australia. Wingham, the hillside. And, um, yeah. And we'd, we'd never seen, we had, we had a really famous uh, comedy clown in Australia. His name was Rusty Frank. And Rusty did a lot of shows. Uh, in Australia and is a legend and um, but you the when you were over you came over you done things that no one had no one done you know like but I strictly I truly the, the, the thing that stuck out the most to me was the Michael Jackson <laughs> you used to when you do that the Michael Jackson you you go out there and you had a you put when you pull the white glove on you could dance yeah. And then the, when the golf come off, he couldn't dance anymore. I think if I remember correctly, <laughs> yeah, isn't that how, yeah. the, how the act went? Exactly. So that was, that was my first. And I, I, I mean, again, you wouldn't remember cause I was, I was just a kid, but I'd probably in passing, man, it might've introduced myself or said hello or something as kids do, but yeah, it's kind of, so from that, and then you, you obviously, as we all know you here, you are now, but uh, we all went in a full circle, but you went on to be, you know, Flint Rasmussen. And so me growing up going, man, I knew I seen him in Australia when I was like 10 and then fast forward 10 years. So that was 93 and 2003, I came back to America and to stay. And that was, so then, and and then when we, we actually truly met there, you know, yeah. and that was, yeah. so, that all, that's kind of fun. So I could calculate, how old are you right now? Uh, 42. So I am uh, 13. So yeah, you were about 10. 
Uh, you were yeah. 10. I think I, I think I celebrated my 22nd birthday there. So you might've been a little young, right in there. Yeah. yeah 10 years yeah, old. So, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm September. My, my birthday is so yeah, I would have been 10 and cause it was yeah. in January early in the year. So yeah, there you go. Look at us doing the math. How, yeah. how'd that process go? You, you grew, <clears throat> you know, you grew in Australia, went for that strong steer riding there. Like you go to Canada and the, the steer riding is really a, a, a strong part of rodeos over there wingham they had the wingham was great the the manicured yeah. lawn hillside and people yeah. get drunk and roll down the hill it was great yeah. um yeah. but what was a process i don't know that i've ever talked to many australians about the process of success there what are the steps you take that's a big move man that's that's a whole yeah. culture shift when you decide at 20 some years old to come here what's the process there yeah, well, I'll, I'll start with well, you, right? So steer riding, we grew up um, with calf riding, and then we call it—they called it the junior steer riding. So seventeen and under, we didn't ride back then. We didn't get on bulls very often, um, junior bulls very often. It was just steer. So I—I I mean, I tell people all the time, like we learned to ride, like we actually stayed on a lot, and it was a spurring competition. And um, so, so two years seventeen. Um, you rode steers and then you moved on to what we call novice bulls or second division bulls, which are the ones that are a little bit tend to be easier to ride and not as dangerous. And, and then you move to open bulls. Well, um, I actually came to America when I was uh, 18. Uh, I did, well, I just got out of school. So 19, I think I was and stayed for six months in Texas. And um, I, so I, and I obviously worked out pretty quick. I won, some money at a lot of open bull ridings in Texas. And we went to a few in Oklahoma and I went to maybe one or two PBRs, but got slammed and didn't do any good. And then I realized pretty quick, I wasn't good enough. So I went back to Australia and that was right when Troy Dunn and he would, he'd won his world title and he, he was coming back and forth a lot. And um, I said to him, I'd met him. We had our, uh, so back then in Australia, we had this, what our PBR was in Australia then was called CBR. So championship bull riding. Mm -hmm. And that, and then it was somewhat after that, it folded and will change to PBR. And that now it's, we have PBR in Australia, but anyway, I told Troy, I said, I want to go, I want to go back to America and you know, what do I need to do different and how do I blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, you, cause he'd seen me ride and he, he did this. Me to get he did this. Yeah, he was smoking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he said he might have had a drink in the other hand too. And he was like, it was like, you just need to get more dedicated. So I I just started training and you know, worked at it. And then I pretty much was winning a lot in Australia, more than a lot of bull ridings and stuff. And so I came back. It was uh it was actually February of 2003 i believe and we flew into los angeles and he was entered i came with troy and he um flew in we flew in and went to anaheim so it's kind of interesting and, and i don't ah. know why if that's the reason why anaheim's always been one of my favorites but it's always been pretty much my favorite bull riding to go to other than vegas but um so yeah we but then so so the difference to now uh compared to back then was when you came to America then to the PBR, you came with zero earnings. You you didn't 
have any money. Oh, right, so, right, right. So now with the with the with the growth of PBR, you have PBR Australia, Brazil, Canada, and and you can make money, win money, and then that helps you get maybe to into some of the bigger touring pros or whatever they call them now, mm-hmm. and um, and then with a chance to get into the Billboard Tough Series. So that's how my journey was. Is I just was like, I'm going, and when I left, I told mum and dad, I was like, I don't know how long it'll be before I'll be home because I'm not coming back till I make it. Um, so yeah, I went, he, Troy set me up, but we went to Texas and then, um, I got a ride from Texas to Canada with Danny Hay, Brock Rider. Oh my God. Yeah. I knew, I knew, (laughs) knew no, I knew nobody. Like I had no, um, there's a lady in Texas that used to, a lot of bull riders used to stay with, a lot of Canadians stayed with, Ann Harris is the name. I stayed with her and she organized, because they'll roll at maybe San, Anto- maybe San Antonio or Austin or somewhere at the rodeo and they'll go on back to Canada. So I just got in with them and rode all the way up to Canada. And um, I remember <laughs> parts of that ride. It was, yeah, I, I remember we pulled in somewhere to eat on the way up there and I ordered, um, Cause I was, I was on this fitness kick. Like I didn't eat bad. I did whatever. Anyway, I ordered the chicken and I was sitting there and I ordered the chicken and Danny Hay stops. And, and he wouldn't, he's, I bet he wouldn't even remember me now, but um, he goes, uh, he looks at me, he goes, chicken. Can't eat the chicken. He said, if you eat chicken, you ride like a chicken. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I, yeah, I was like, well, should I not eat, ride? Should I not eat the chicken? I mean, uh, Danny Hay. Denny yeah. Hay would that would be an education for a new young Australian. Denny yeah, Hay. It was. <laughs> so then they dropped me off somewhere. Yeah, they dropped me off somewhere. And that's when I met at some rodeo. I can't remember, somewhere between Calgary and Edmonton. And uh I that's where I met Scott Schiffner. And so I've pretty much known Scotty my whole, you know, time I've been in there in America. And- anyway, I went. And now coincidentally, the events you can't go to, is he going to, that do TV, is Scott Schiffner going to step in for you? That's what, yeah, that's what they, I've heard. Yeah, that's what I've heard. He's going to do maybe some of them. Yeah. So the ones that I can't go to. So, but anyway, so yeah, I was on my way to Edmonton for the PBR. So that's kind of how I, I got here. Still no money one. Um, But uh, anyway, so I, I got a ride and I, Again, who I got a ride up there from maybe Kelly Armstrong. I think I might have got a ride from the rodeo to Edmonton uh-huh. with Kelly Armstrong. And we um anyway, I I remember going, I remember getting to Edmonton for the PBR. I'd never been to one before and I'm excited about it. And I go up to the ATM because I've got to get money out. I um and I forget how much I I'm pretty sure entry fees were like 350 bucks. And uh, I go up to the ATM and I put my card in and I get 350 bucks out and, you know, the little paper comes out and it tells you, it tells you how much money's left in your account. How'd that go? And I, and I had $350 left in my account. So I had yeah. enough to, I have enough to pay my entries for the event I was at. And then the one the following week and I was staying with, um, I, they, Troy had hooked me up to stay with Austin Beasley. Mm-hmm. Canadian bull rider. Oh yeah. And um so I uh I rode my bull at Edmonton. I was 81 points, didn't make the short round, so I don't make any money. So anyway, I I get back, go back to with 
to Dutchess, Alberta, Canada for a week. And um, then I and then I think we go to uh, we go to Saskatoon, I think. After that, yeah, next one was Saskatoon, That's and then ended up. I think I was, I was eighty-eight in the long round and 94, 93 in the in the short round, and I won that one, and I, that was where it all, kind of started. Uh, so I had enough money. I did all, all I had in my bank account was enough money to, to pay my fees at that event, uh, and I won and I won it. And then, the next week we went to uh, we went to another one. No, then. What happened was you will remember this. So one uh, that was the year at Fort Worth where about fifteen guys got hurt in the Built Fort. It was then called Built Fort Tough Series. It was Tough so Edemans, like, yeah, the Tough yeah. Edemans bull run, and like fifteen guys got hurt. So I got because I'd won that event. I I think I won seventy five hundred dollars. So I went way. I think I went to fourth in the drawing pro standings, and so I got called up to go to Fort uh, to go to Tacoma, Washington. So I, we went to Tacoma, Washington on Friday, Saturday night. And then Sunday, there was a bull riding at Saskatoon, Saskatchewan on Sunday. And we flew back to that one and I won that one as well. So I won two in a row. Yeah. And then, then I was on the Bill Ford Tough Series. And that was, that's how it all, that's how, uh, it, all, how it all went. It was, was it the Bill Ford Tough or the Bud Light Cup then? No, it was built for it. It was had already switched. Yeah, I think it I think it had switched for like maybe a year before I came. Mm. So yeah. Man, culture shock. Texas to oh. Ed, Edmonton, Denny Hay, Austin Beasley. Well, I mean, you had I the left, whole cultural experience. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I left Australia. The day I left Australia, it was 40, it was 42 degrees Celsius. Which is a hundred oh, and something. Hundred and maybe 20 yeah that's like hot that. hot hot yeah. yeah yeah it's pretty hot so then when i went to canada a week two or well, be a week and a half later i went to uh edmonton alberta it was minus 46 degrees celsius <laughs> <laughs> that's a culture shock oh it's so bad yeah. uh that's how would you like if you were i i do think and i think this hap i think this happens with a lot of riders um when you start looking at, I went through it with Paulo Crimber. When I started looking at him, we forget how good he was. Like he oh, was man. so good. And there's a yeah. lot of guys like that. I think a, you are in that category of, we haven't seen you in a while. We forget how steady you were for a lot, for a lot of years, you know, yeah. how I mean, would you, I, yeah. how, how would you categorize yourself? Like, um, I don't, I don't know if that's a fair question, but. I would think you'd look at yourself at a, as a top tier. What's the best you ever finished world standard? Uh, sixth, I think. Sixth. Yeah. That's amazing oh, to me. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I mean, at that level it is. It's, I mean, I, I know, I think, you know, there's several top tens and plenty of top 15s and sometimes out of that as well. But I mean, I look at it now, it really makes me kind of like, when I, when I, now that I'm doing the TV and I look at how many times, how many qualifications people have had to the PBR World Final. So I went 10 times. Mm -hmm. And so guys like, you know, probably Chris Shivers and Ross Coleman and uh, Luke Snyder, them guys kind of probably went maybe 12, 13 times. But like, it's probably going to be, I don't think you'll see guys go 
you know, 10 times any, for much anymore. Like these guys, the guys that are, so that's what I like the most about it. I was like, go on, being able to qualify 10 times. And the one year I didn't, I got hurt. Oh, that was the year <clears> I got hurt and I didn't, I finished, uh, I was an alternate. I think I finished uh, maybe, that was when they dropped it down the to third. 30 or 35. something, 35 or something. Yeah. I think I ended up I, I like kind of remember that. Yeah, I yeah. remember so I was that. like 37th or 8th or something that year. So, but anyway, I, yeah, no, I don't know. I would, I, I rode good, but I wasn't my, my, you know, it's kind of interesting. You know, my son asked me the other day after the bull ride and we <laughs> went to the bathroom and we're in there and he goes, daddy, were you as good as Jose Vitor Lemmy? And I was like, <laughs> no, daddy. And I said, I, I wasn't. He goes, well, but, but you were good. And I said, yeah, but I wasn't that good. I, I'm not that. Mm. I mean, granted, I don't think anybody's that good, but ever, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to explain it's, how, what I, how I'd categorize well, myself, but here, here's I, the other put, thing. Put it this way. Go I ahead. can be put in the same, sorry, I don't mean to cover but I could probably, they could probably talk about me in the same conversations as some of them other guys, but not. Absolutely. You know, Steady. Like you were just always there and you were always a threat to win. Always, you yeah. know, you were that guy. <clears throat> when you say a lot of guys now won't make it, 10 times to the, to the PBR finals. It's not as rider friendly. I, I don't care no. what any, I listen, I've been, I did the PBR finals first time in 1997. So when yep. I start talking about uh, nobody ever had to get on bulls like they are now. And people think I didn't see the old, I was there for all of them. And I've seen, yep. you can watch video. It's uh, they're getting on stuff uh, on a night that they maybe, if they don't have access to great bulls or they dumb it down, they're still, it is not very rider friendly for sure. Yeah. We were all, we were all thinking and probably expecting we we're going to see a lot more rides because we're in California and, and sometimes the bull power, there's, there's, there's a lot of good bulls out here, but not as many of them. I thought we thought we were going to see a lot more rides, but I, I it's funny. I made the, uh, the comment to Riley the other day about who picks all the bulls. I was like, um, you need to, I was like, you need to bring some easier bulls. And he's like, dude, I can't bring in. I said, well, how about you bring some 21 pointers? Like when I, like when I was riding, not the 21 pointers now, because <laughs> there's a big difference. Like anyone, I tell people all the time, it's, it's, there's no, I mean, there was lots of good bulls and it's not about, there wasn't good bulls back then. It's not, it's not, a, it's about how many of them there are. Like, I mean, you, there, there's, that was a bull we seen on the weekend there that of Julio Marino's. That's his bushwhacker son out of a troubadour daughter. A great bull. Cherry bomb. Cherry bomb. Cherry yeah. bomb's his name. He is the coolest bull. Like just, he'd be one that, you know, you were going to be going to win the round on back when I was, you know, yeah. 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago when I was riding. Now you're probably still going to win. You'll be good points on him, but there's plenty of other good ones <laughs> to win the round on, you know, like it's, it's just there. They're, they're over a whole, they're better bulls, I think, these days. And that's why you see yeah. the last rides. Yeah. Um, that Jose, I'm going on a <clears throat> podcast very soon. Cowboy shit up in Canada with my friend Ted Stone. Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. supposed to bring my 10 best bull riders of all time. We're gonna he has <laughs> an analytics, but I'm but it's an eye test. You know, it's it's an eye test because there's statistics and but the eye test tells me you know, and people will say his resume is not long enough when Jose Vitor Lemmy, when it's his turn, you just assume like, Oh yeah. yeah. He's 
And then he takes a bull. People will say he's getting gifted because one guy's 86 on this bull and he's 89. It's a judgment because he gets more out of the bulls. Everything yeah, he good. does, everything he does is spectacular. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm like, so, okay. Like I think about it, like I think in my career, I'm going to say, and, and this is before me too, but I'm going to say there's lots of really great bull riders. We can name them all, but in my words, Troy Dunn, Chris Shivers, Justin McBride, JB Mooney. They're the ones, they're the four, I think, during that they were all in several people's careers and they're all right. winners and they they all were great. Um he's better than all of them, I think. Uh I and 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 they're all my great friends. They're not just people I associated with. They're all my so I'm not and I think that Justin McBride, I think was a winner and he and he could ride and but I Joe I think Jose Vitor Lemmy just has something there's it's crazy to me. It's something and and it, and I talk about it on TV. He has something that makes people want to watch. Yeah, including me. And I've seen yeah, them all. I agree. Yep. Yeah. You have. You and that's what I, and it's not like I, I don't think like Troy Dunn was yeah. You if you ran every rank ball there was there, that would be the one you'd be like, yeah, he's gonna ride it. Yeah. So Jose has the same he's that same guy yeah except he does it under pressure yeah uh, know, i just think yeah it's it, we and here's the other thing he has for one he speaks english so well there's barely an accent anymore mm -hmm. like yourself no, it's awesome. um but we're on the hotel on the airport shuttle you know they run buses for us now yeah and he got on because we were waiting for his team and he got on i said hey he was kind of i said hey thank you for the interviews i said i know i talk to you a lot and he doesn't necessarily love to do it but i said thank you for doing that i know it's a lot but i i appreciate you and he goes oh yeah yeah i said but i'm okay right i do a pretty good job and he just kind of goes blank and he goes you're getting better you're getting better you stick with me i'll teach you you're good like, <laughs> you smart ass <laughs> like he's funny too you know so yeah. anyway uh, um yeah I don't want, and I did want to cover this towards the end, but you, you mentioned, you know, you use bull riding, you did well at bull riding and did well. You weren't just a bull rider, but an ambassador. You were well-spoken, always good on TV, always good interview. You were that guy. Everybody knew who you were. Um, you know, we call Cord McCoy the most famous mediocre bull rider in the history of bull riding, but everybody loved Cord McCoy. And you weren't mediocre, but everybody knew your face to open up doors to be successful in something else. Um, rain cow horse, right? Those are the horses you're training. You are now, I remember when you were just getting going and yep. man, is Brendan Clark going to be okay at this, the horse training thing. It's going pretty well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's going really well. And, it, and it's a challenge every day. And, you know, you got to keep getting results and yeah, it's, it's probably, it's a lot like bull riding in a way where you just, you just got to keep, keep going. And, but, um, you know, I learned, I was lucky, like I said, I think the PBR or my success in the PBR opened up a lot of doors because there was a lot of horse trainers that watched the PBR back in the day. Um, and I mean, still do. And I think that because I was Brendan Clark, the PBR bull rider and that they would let me 
come ride with them. So mm -hmm. I went and bought some several or a couple of my own horses early on and learned and trained them myself and learned how to do it. And I didn't do a very good job. And but I went and got a lot of help and you'd learn something and I'd go and get that good. And then I'd come back and learn something else and get that good. And then it just kept on going like that. And the first snaffle bit futurity horse I had, which is our three-year-old competition, it's a lot like the ABBI in the, in the buck and bulls. And mm -hmm. um, the first one I made the finals of the limited open, which is the lowest level. So there's, there's four levels in the NRCHA. Um, the open is for everybody, but it's the top riders. And then intermediate open, it's depends on how much money you want, basically. So I, the limited open, I made the finals the first time uh, I went to the futurity. So that was a big thing because, you know, that's, that's, you know, it's hard to do as a young trainer. And, uh, and then, you know, it just kind of went from there. I, the next year I, I had a good horse and didn't make the finals, but I, uh, went on the following year and won every event on him in the limited open. And then, um, so I had started having little bits of success like that. And then I went through like a stage where I had, uh, people were sending me horses and, and they, you know, they were decent horses, but they weren't great, great horses. And I just wasn't, they weren't, you know, they were just okay. And then I was kind of at a stage where I was a little bit better. So I, I was against better competition, so I couldn't quite beat them. I'd be placing and stuff like that. And then I just, but I just kept at it. And I, my, I always would joke with all my horse trainer buddies is like, they, you know, at that, that lower levels, I was like, dude, they just don't, they don't want to let me make the finals. Like if I get into the finals, I've got them beat because I was a pressure for me that it was so much easier. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've got this weird thing where I trust in myself too much, I think. And I, so I was like, I just go show my horse and I could, I could out, I could out show them through pressure. You know what I mean? So that was, you know, so I had some success like that. And then I finally um, started getting good, like some really good customers who really loved the industry and let me go and buy some better horses and more expensive horses that, you know, obviously the better ones cost more money. And I did a good job of training them and made some finals. And then I finally, um, I went and I bought a horse for uh, for a customer that um, turns out that you know he was he ended up being like a not a a good horse. He's a great one. He might be he's possibly one of the best horses in our industry in the country. And um, I was actually doing a photo shoot and video shoot with him here last night, and it just he's just unbelievable. But anyway, I won about one hundred and fifty thousand on him, and uh, I won. I won now NRCHA Derby last year, which is other than the Snafflebit Futurity is the biggest horse show in our industry. And I won all three levels on him there. And I won at a, a California cow horse had a big one, big show before that. And I won all three levels at that. And then I won the the Hackamore Classic on him. And he's just a, I actually won Salinas. He, he, he finally, he's the one I finally got a Salinas buckle on. The, Salinas uh, guy, your Salinas buckle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, what's his, um, yeah. Uh, what's his, what's his registered name? First, what's his registered name? His registered name is CR. He's a tough one. And yeah. he's a, buy, he's by a horse called Woody Be Tough out of a mare called Cat Digs Lucinda. Um, and he's a full brother to a horse that Justin Wright, um, won the snaffle bit for charity on and um yeah so we've he's he's a he's a cool horse but then i've, I've also had a lot of other good horses wait as well, what's what's his what's his what's his barn name 
What do you call his him? His bar name's Cowboy. We call him Cowboy. <laughs> so the reason he got his name, we, my son, my son names pretty much make names all the horses in their barn names. He just comes witty. They comes up with things and they, it somehow seems to suit, you know? So, um, but Cowboy's owner was wanting to call him something else. And we, um, I, so he came from Bo a guy named Boyd Rice. So Boyd Rice is a very prominent horse trainer. Uh, he's million dollar rider in the cutting and the rain cow horse. And um, anyway, Boyd Rice was, they, uh, that was a, the, the the ranch that raised this horse was um, Center Ranch is what they what they call themselves and they're out of uh, Centerville, Texas. And anyway, Boyd was basically their head trainer or one of their big trainers. And so this horse was started in his program as a two year old, and we bought him out of the the um, the NCHA sale, a two year old sale. And so Boyd Boyd's a cowboy, like he can rope and he's he's a badass and anyway uh so i was like kind of boyd's a cowboy we kind of kind of try and think of something more cowboyish and case and my son was like cowboy we're just calling him cowboy and i was like that's it so anyway that's his bar name but yeah he's a cool horse he's a stallion that we started breeding him this year to some mares and he's just you know really easy my son rides him anyone who follows my social media have probably seen i just put a video of him up there riding him by himself the other day and um yeah it's cool so he changed he basically he he changed my business and my wife and i's business and he, he changed um you know he changed the way everyone looked at me and the way that horses and the you know people send me horses us horses and you know quality so i uh, passed on a line uh today that you said that you and i were talking about selling horses yeah. and when it comes to an amount and people that don't understand say, how could mm -hmm. you not take $250,000 for that horse? That's an, you're an idiot. And it was, um, $250,000 won't change completely change my life, but that horse completely right. changed my life. Right. Yeah. Was that similar? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly how it was. As yeah, I was like, like, we, someone asked me one and I know this is a true style. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise the owner to take 3 million for this horse. And and that's in, in, in the racehorse industry, that's not a big amount of money, but now, well, that's a lot. And the reason being is because she's financially okay. Um, and the horse brings her way more joy than that money would. So it's not going to change her life anyway, the money, because by the time I get my commission and the other trainer gets their commission. She doesn't get that much money anyway. And so it's not going to change her life. And, and damn, the commission's damn sure not going to change mine, but that horse on a daily basis, if like, it's hard to explain to people what they mean to you, but it's like a good bucking bull um, to things to an owner. I, I think I don't even know the people that know, that own uh, whooper, the bucking bull, but I can imagine, I know that it, that bull changed their lives and made everyone know who they were. And, it was exciting for them. So the horses are the same way. And, um, you know, I just last night, just what he's, what he's capable of doing and being able to, we did a photo shoot with him and it's just his, his personality and, and, and what people, what he, 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 you know, it's funny because that horse didn't, hasn't only brought enjoyment to us, but he's brought enjoyment to a lot of other people in the industry, which is really cool. It's, it's like very similar to what the buck and bulls do like it, you know, he, so you're right. The value, the value of them is just a number. It's the value really, truly to, to them is, 
you know what what they bring you and and you know some people um I don't, I don't think I'm going to get into the story of what that horse's owner has been through in her life, but he actually is a, he's, he's an outlet and, and, and he truly brings joy to her life. So money doesn't mean nothing compared to that. I think. It's a good clip right there, right there where you <laughs> No, I agree. And I passed that along today. And um, anyway, that was, uh, I enjoyed talking about that, but listen, uh, when we, before you chimed in on us today, I told the guys that are in this studio, they're not really the studio audience, but they know all the buttons to push. I said, Brennan and I are very good friends. He expressed himself well. Of all the podcasts I do, this will probably be one of the easiest as far as holding up my end of the bargain. And I was right. This is, you and I can sit, and I hope it comes across to people we're bullshitting, man. Yeah, like, that's it. Like, I mean, we could do we another actually, hour and something else. <laughs> we didn't have this conversation uh, on the weekend, but we actually did the last, well, last two, three weeks in a row, I think, well, at least two weeks in a row, we've done this exact same thing. It wasn't even a podcast. We just sat there and bullshit. And so it's, it's fun. We've always right. been like that so, because we like to talk about different things. It's kind of fun. <laughs> that's right. Well, it's good to see you, my friend. You I too, appreciate buddy, and I appreciate. It. I actually, I, and thank you for allowing me be the, to be the first Australian on here. I thought you would have had someone <laughs> way more exciting and more famous than me, but I appreciate Name one. that. Unless, I can go down and say that. Unless it's Keith Urban, you're the first no, one, no. man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Man. <laughs> 